Welcome back, Black on Black Education fam. We are bringing you another amazing episode. Um, today we sat down with an incredible author, Miss um, Anna Nayakana. She is an award-winning author of a book series called Naya Zuri. And we sit down and we talk about the inspiration behind the book. Um, we talk about using um, inclusive literature to help kids to love learning and, and uh, to build up their own identity. Um, with no further ado, let's get into it. As always, uh, you know, please like, share the episode, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and most of all, um, enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Black on Black Education podcast. I am here with my co-founder, co-founder, Jim <laughs> Thomas, um, and we have a guest, and I am so excited uh, to, as always, let them introduce themselves. Take it away. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Anna Nayakana. You can follow me on IG at Nayazuri. And I am an award-winning and best-selling children's book author, most notably of Nayazuri and the Pharaoh's Throne. I'm also a motivational speaker and an entrepreneur. So excited to dig in and connect with everyone on Black on Black Education. Beautiful. So the way I like to ask folks to fully introduce themselves so that everybody who's listening gets a full fleshed out idea of who you are. Um, give us a rundown of who you are, what do you do, and why do you do it? So connect it back to how you started, but why, why, how did you get here? Absolutely. So I started my journey, well, actually back in the music world in my 20s, but once I started focusing on what I wanted to do to leave an impression on this world that would uplift our youth, I knew that I wanted to take all my skills, my 10, 20,000 hours of music that I had instilled and invested in myself as a child, and actually write a book, but not just any book. I wanted to write a children's book that highlighted representation, that made girls feel empowered and actually taught history versus indoctrination in the classroom. My number one mission has been and will always be to bring diversity to the classroom so children can feel self-love and also gain that self-knowledge as well as empathy and understanding for cultures different than their own. I love it. History versus indoctrination. That, that, that's it. That's going on page, like no, 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 no uh, doubt about it. And so you mentioned your book. And so thank you for that. And let's start talking a little bit about um, Naya. Like, tell us, how was she born? How was she created? Where did she come from? She's amazing. So Naya is actually based on a younger version of myself. She is not a tomboy. Her jeans are red. There's leaves in her hair. But you know what? She's not scared of her voice. She's a natural born leader. And she finds a way to always problem solve and use her critical thinking skills versus like the stereotypical girl in a story where she's the princess in distress and, you know, is waiting for someone to save her. No, Naya's the one who figures out a way how to save herself and also save others. She's an amazing heroine that is empowering girls, really empowering all children to understand how to problem solve to understand how to be embracing of cultures different than their own because Naya is always dropping gems and always dropping knowledge. And she's actually the key of the map that her and her best friends, Miguel and Hugo Gonzalez, used to actually time travel and go to different uh, cultures and different periods in time. She's that pivotal key. And later on in the series, we'll discover exactly what it is about Naya that is able to unlock these mystical or these mysterious uh, superpowers into being able to time travel and really become master of time and space. But she's a phenomenal, phenomenal mm -hmm. girl. Mm. So, I mean, she sounds like it. Yeah, she does. She does. Uh, you know, Toni Morrison actually once said that, um, you know, if there's a book out there that um, has not been written, 
um, that you that you know that you think should be written. Um, I'm getting the quote a little chopped up, but <laughs> that you one think you should... mean. write it. Yeah, exactly. Write it. So, but why why was this that book for you? This was this book for me. Excellent question. Growing up, actually immigrated here from Berlin, Germany, and okay. I was an English as a second learner for years. And I was always discouraged because I could never find books in my library to take home because none of the kids or the characters looked anything like me. It was always an animal or a boy or maybe a princess if I could find it, but she still didn't look anything like me, nor the strong woman or young woman that I know my parents were instilling in me to become. So something that always discouraged me, actually someone asked me the other day, what was my favorite book as a child? And I said, the Merriam dictionary that I found in the classroom one day and I like swiped it and took it home because that's actually how I would practice my English. I would just underline a word and I would keep it in my backpack and I would practice that word every day until I committed it to my memory. Mm -hmm. And that was something that never left me because there shouldn't have been any reason why I couldn't connect with a book. No reason. So I knew that when it was my time to change that narrative, I knew the exact story I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. I knew the exact themes and the reasoning and the purpose behind even writing it. Naya Zura, yes, she's a little girl, but you know, her name and really the whole theme and the whole movement of Naya Zuri is to inspire children and others to really live beautifully, to walk purposefully, but to live beautifully in their lives. And that's what Naya Zuri means, beautiful purpose. I want mm -hmm. people to be purposeful, but especially our youth. They're not being empowered and motivated and elevated, especially now in the times that we're in, let alone 20 years ago when I was in school or 30 years ago when I was in school. If only someone would have came and taken that time to come into my classroom, that would have made such a ripple effect of, of a difference, not only to myself, but all of the children that I went to school with. I can only imagine how many more entrepreneurs, free thinkers, businessmen and women we would have that are confident, that are living their lives purposefully if only someone had taken that time. So Absolutely. I also changed the narrative in that way because in addition to writing the book, my number one focus has been to think in the classroom to shake up the curriculum and force these administrators to think of something fresh, to extend our history beyond 28 days of black history and to really teach history for once without it being misconstrued or be, it being condensed, right? Or concentrated, but actually diving in deep, allowing children to understand culture, their own culture that is not actually taught properly, but also culture is different than their own. That's the responsibility that we have, and that's what I do each and every day. Mm -hmm. Love it. And so you talked, you touched on it a little bit of, of the connection between your story and your your coming of age story, mm -hmm. and and why Naya's story was so important. And so, kind of really dig deep into that, right? I think a lot of things that you're saying are connecting with me as a dark skin, Afro wearing black girl. Um, grew up in a lot of spaces where I didn't have books growing up that of people who look like me. Like I remember my favorite books were like Amelia Bedelia and um, what else did I, Junie B. Jones, like all of these okay. characters that were just absolutely nothing like my life. Like Junie B. Jones would be like, my mom's not giving me cake. I hate her. Like that was the narrative in the story. Um, and so people out there creating books like this that are really connecting real life and how people are actually feeling out there in the world yeah. to something tangible, right? Because our parents can tell us we're beautiful and gorgeous and all of those sorts of things. But when we're consistently not seeing that represented in the world, um, particularly at younger ages, yes, we're forgetting that that's necessary. So just kind of dive a little bit deeper into how you connect your story into 
um, what you do, not only with Naya Zuri, but just in your in your in your career. So let's see, there's a few sides to that question. So I want to just quickly piggyback on what you said about uh, young girls, especially not being able to see themselves or our parents telling us we're beautiful or that we're gorgeous, but really even the rest of society not really telling us the right thing to feel gorgeous or beautiful about. So everything that I encourage really with the Nisery movement and living purposefully and living beautifully in your life is really for our young girls also to understand that their greatest treasure is not the way that they look. It's not the clothes that they wear. Believe me, I didn't have any clothes like right off of the you know hanger in the store until I was like 16, 17. And I was able to start working and have enough money to buy my own you know, clothing. I used to wear everything that was donated. So I always felt a kind of way because I couldn't fit in with anybody. And then racially, I'm a, I'm a woman of two worlds, but these two worlds didn't really want me. And I was trying to find my place in this American society. You know, it took a while, but I finally realized like I'm a woman of color, I'm a black woman, and I have to embrace that. And once I embraced that, it helped me really bridge that gap. And after that point, I was able to really elevate as a youth, I started world traveling and, you know, going to third world countries and everywhere in between, really making sure I was getting service and volunteerism. And those were all the things that were so important to me. So why I started writing Nyazuri was really to transform this world. I feel that we as a society, especially American society, we can get closed in and boxed in. Like you said, oh, I can't have another piece of cake was something that that one character was complaining or lamenting about to their parent. Like, what is that actually teaching our child? What is that? How is that teaching them to value their life or the fact that they have a roof over their head or a meal in their stomach so they can, you know, continue to grow and continue to prosper? Those are the wrong things that we're focusing on. So not only is Naya Zuri about history and about adventure and exploration, it's really bringing home back to children and understanding what things to be thankful for, understanding the important things of life, true friendship, uh, knowing one's meaning in life. Once again, being exposed and embracing all world cultures, but more importantly, having that knowledge of self. And that was the big thing for me, especially as an African woman, I won't even say African-American, but as an African woman in America, I couldn't understand why our history wasn't being glorified here. I couldn't understand how something of 400 years was able to wipe away every shred of advancement that we have ever contributed to this world. How was that possible? That is an injustice that our children of color don't understand that they were the first astronomers, the first philosophers and artists, okay? The first poets, the first dancers, the first authors, okay? They're the first of everything. So why is that not being glorified? Why is that not being spotlighted? It always confused me. So once again, I was always caught into these two worlds. I'm growing up in America, but I'm not quite American. And at the same time, I'm still keeping in touch with all my family around the world. I'm still traveling as a youth. So always having that contrast of being overseas and then coming back to the States, I just couldn't understand the lack of knowledge that was being shared here until I matured. And then I realized it was done on purpose, <laughs> right? That it wasn't true education, it's indoctrination. God forbid we set the minds of the youth free. God forbid we actually instill in them their rich history and in their knowledge they will be empowered what happens to empowered children they come they become powerful adults and these powerful adults change the world but they change it for their own benefit as well right so it's a little dangerous to teach real education but that's where i come in 
So even though the schools definitely said no in the beginning and didn't want have anything to do with me and my book, like they loved the book, but maybe they didn't have the budget or, you know, they would say that excuse or they loved the book, but it was, it's too late to change the curriculum. I just became consistently persistent where the schools couldn't say no. Eventually I kind of wore them down and I had to convince them so they would understand the impact that this could have on a child of color and every child in the classroom. Once they got an idea of it, plus once they saw what I was doing at other schools, because I would go to schools that nobody cared about. I would go to the schools and the projects and in the hood that didn't have a budget, but I made sure to partner up with like corporations and just people in the community to see who can sponsor these books for the classroom. And that's all the work that I would do constantly. So eventually when those schools saw what I was doing at the lesser than thou school, they wanted me on board, of course. Absolutely. But it's just interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting how things come full circle because I've been doing this for years and the momentum really picked up 2019 and now 2020. But this has been four or five years of hard work. Yeah. And I also want children to understand that we can be consistent in our paths and to like we talked about, I think slightly um, those fundamental truths of Naya Zuri, which are really the gems and the pillars that I instill in the children when I go and do author visits or virtual visits or really any sort of speaking engagement. It's really to make sure that they understand that they can bet on themselves, that they should be walking in their dreams, not chasing them, right? That anything is that anything is actually possible and that they should overcome these fears that are possibly holding them down or stopping them from even starting in the first place. So once they have that understanding, they have the knowledge of self, now they're feeling empowered. They're feeling like, oh, I don't have these chains on, on my throat. I can speak now, I can speak for myself. Or, oh, I don't have these chains on my mind. I can read, I can be curious. I don't have to worry that the teacher is not going to want me to ask this question. I have a voice and I'm, it's valuable, so I'm going to use it. The most amazing thing happens, that spark starts to light in them. And that's why I continue to do what I do every day. I have to make sure I don't let that younger version of me down that once again, didn't have a book to identify with, was struggling with her own culture and trying to find my place in this world, but also was working so hard to learn English and couldn't even find a book that I could gravitate towards. There was no reason why no one should have been coming to our school just because we didn't have the resources for field trips or people had to, you know, children had to um, borrow or use, you know, instruments and share instruments and share books. And listen, there, there's no excuse at the end of the day. We need to do a better job as educators, as, as administrators, as individuals in our community to make sure that we are teaching our children that they can reach their highest potential point blank period. Yeah. And I think that everything that you're saying is really just coming, it, it's coming from a place of, it is all, it's our collective duty. Like it's not just, that's something I think about a lot right now. Like it is not just, oh, okay, we're voting because this is an important election. No, it is our collective duty to care for each other. Yes. And it's our collective duty to uplift each other and make sure that each and every one of us are getting um, our needs met, right? And so if we're thinking about that from an education perspective, it for so long, it's been so easy to say, oh, well, we didn't know, or we, or how, I, I, I didn't know that it was affecting students, that there were no books that looked like them. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know this and that. Well, we're at the point where there's, we're not knowing is no longer an excuse. Absolutely. It never was, but it's definitely not now. And, and the only way that we make sure that not knowing is not an excuse is by forcing them to listen. And so it's saying, yes, I'm gonna do the work instead of just asking a school to buy these books and them telling me, no, they don't have the money. Well, okay, 
we'll go find someone who's going to pay for them. And now you have these books and now you need to figure out how you're going to use and implement them into the curriculum and pushing and fighting and continually crawling out of this hole that they put us in. Yes. Right. And so we, and so it's saying that we're not going to stay here because you told us that that was as high as we could go. Mm. So I love everything that you said from the, from the perspective of we cannot take no for an answer. I think that is like the moral of everything that you just said. And that's what I was like breathing in as you were, as you were talking there. Thank you, Sis. And I, and I, and I want to acknowledge, you know, it, in, in the same vein, it's, we can see the spark, like, you know, anybody watching this right now, anybody listening right now, they, they can hear, you know, the spark in you. And that is what I'm sure, you know, allowed you to go do, do what you needed to do. I, I, I spent most of my life a salesperson in some capacity or another, um, but oftentimes selling a thing that, you know, I didn't really care, you know, about that thing. Um, it's clear that, you know, you care about this message um, that, that that it is that you're bringing into um, into schools. And, you know, there's no way for them not to, uh, you know, feel it. They might need to hear it a couple of times before they say, you know, before they say yes. But that's the way that uh, that that things work. Um, and it sounds to me also that 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 is you know, written into, um, into your, into your stories. And, and you know what I mean? That, that the type of determination that you showed is the type of determination that sounds like your characters, um, also do show. So, um, I actually look forward to, um, I, you know, I have to acknowledge that I did not read them just yet, but <laughs> we, we will be, um, you know, purchasing some of that series, um, you know, to read to, to, to my niece and, and, and Eva's cousin, cause, uh, it, it, it definitely sounds like something, um, that could be beneficial for us. Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement and the support and really the spotlight and this this safe place for us to really be able to like air these things out and talk about them because they're not talked about. There's not talked about. And there there's no reason why our kids now in, in 2020 should still be reading Charlotte's Web. No offense to Charlotte's Web, but there's so many new books, right, that highlight better themes, better um, problem and solution based thinking better representation. Um, but if we don't voice the change, the change will never happen. They'll, they'll continue to just stay comfortable in what they're in. And someone told me the other day, um, I was going through like a day where a lot of obstacles were happening. And I always tell myself when obstacles happen, they're actually opportunities for growth. So I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to be learning right now? What am, how am I supposed to be growing from this? What is going on? And, um, this friend had reminded me, whenever you start to feel uncomfortable, that's when you know there's growth happening because it's something new. This is the first time you've maybe encountered an issue or you've encountered this problem and you don't know how to resolve it. You don't know how to overcome it. You're uncomfortable. You don't know what to do. So that uncomfortability is an opportunity, right? And it's the same thing that should be happening in the schools with the curriculum. So I'm not just coming in saying, hey, buy my book. Guess what? I've actually created custom curriculum and lesson plans that go along with this book. And guess what it costs you? Zero. I want this to be taught in the classroom. I want this to be taught and studied. It has a full glossary so children are building their vocabulary. You know, shout out to my dictionary days. I did that on purpose. Also so children can become confident readers and really understand that they have the ability to know what these words are, to know what these places and things are that unfortunately aren't taught to them because they don't even know that Prince Tut was only eight years old when he became Pharaoh. Can you imagine if a child knew that they had that royal mentality mm. to be able to rule a kingdom at the age of eight or nine? You know how many kidpreneurs we have? 
how many children with amazing business ideas would be actually applying them right now if they mm -hmm. understood that children from the past, from thousands of years ago, had this ability? There's nothing new under the sun. If they had that ability, you have that ability. It's just a matter of unlocking it. And and the re and like if we're really being real, mm -hmm. I sit in a school of students who are in twelfth grade and who don't feel powerful enough to come off mute. Like that's where we are right now in 2020, where we have students who don't feel powerful enough to come off mute because they don't know that what you just said is literally, and not figuratively, not, oh, Eva's making a tagline, literally in their DNA, like literally in there. And, and then, and, and so I sit here from my Zoom screen, yes. trying to figure out how do I get you to understand that you are so powerful that they're scared. So Since we have to continue the work every day. We have to literally recondition their minds. Reconditioning takes time. It takes time. That's why it's important what we're taught and the people that are carrying it out. That's why it's also important. We have educators of color in the classroom that children can identify with. There is no reason why you should be living this, this world where um, you know, you're being limited limitations what is that about you're not limited when you go to pick you know your your favorite food off the fast food menu there's like 50 options <laughs> why are you limited with your curriculum why are you limited with the books that you're or the themes that you're allowed to even study or read in school it doesn't make any sense we need to do better but we need to stay committed what you do every day is so critical and i thank you for that i thank you for the work that you do i thank your father for the work that he does and, you know, I want to continue to stay disciplined and do the work that I do. We may not all have the same path, but we're all on the same journey. And I don't know about you guys, but we have to do our part to really transform this world. And it's not a just me or just you or just him. It is that collective work. We need to stay supportive of one another, too. I feel that if we would only band together more and support each other, pull up that chair at the table because there's more than enough room. This isn't a competition. There's more than enough room at the table, on the stage, on in every place. And when it comes to our youth, we have to make sure that we're not giving up. We can't afford to give up. Right. We can't afford to give up or this world is honestly just going to burn. And I don't know about you, but I want the, the hope of prosperity and progression. Otherwise, I wouldn't have brought children into this world. I know there's more that I could do. That's why I leveled up and stepped up. That's why you stepped up. That's why you stepped up. Right. Look at what we're doing now. We're creating an amazing content that's going to hopefully wake some people up or encourage those that are already tapped in. We're doing the work and we need to just continue it each day and make sure that we're elevating each other, supporting each other to do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of things came up for me in, in everything that, that both of you guys were both describing. Um, and, you know, you, you, you spoke to not giving up you know, on the kids and, um, and the, and the idea that the kids give up on themselves, um, when a, when a child is a baby and they're getting up to start walking, that uncomfortability that you talked about is there. They're not comfortable. Their legs are shaking They're wobbling. They're ready to fall over. But is there ever a point where we think it's okay to say, all right, you know, go forget about it. You know what I mean? You're just not going to be able to walk. No, there's no time that we that we look at it that way. Um, and so just that one illustration, what mm -hmm. winds up happening is that one, once, once people get to school, the unfortunate thing is, is we start telling them you're right and you're wrong. And, and, and we, we don't we don't focus in um, nearly enough on just saying just get to where you 
teach them to mastery. Like it, it's you you learn this word and you learn this word, you learn this word. You can get as much of them wrong as as possible. We don't care. People don't want to get off mute because they 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 don't want to be wrong. They they don't want to be they 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 don't want somebody to look at them like they're dumb um, because they think the only job that they have is to learn when the reality is is that we need to learn and we need to unlearn every bit as much as we need to learn. So if we can do both of those things um, at the same time, that that puts us in a much better position um, to allow kids to, to th- kids should be creating the future. Like, you know, it's a, you know, I, I believe that children are the future, fantastic yes. song, it, but they are. And so we should be co-creating that future with them. Everything about school, in my opinion, we should be um, projects that that you work on within a community. Let's write some children's books with with the you know with the students where where, where they get enrolled um, in that passion that 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 you have. Um, they they can have it too, and they do have it if we don't beat it out of them. So um, it, it, it's we do have a whole bunch of work to do. Some some of it's institutional. Um, yeah. Some of it is 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 you know things like your book finding its way inside the, the institution and then just opening up a way for us to keep on, you know, walking in with, with, with more until, um, until it's so self-evident that this is what the kids need. Um, and, and, and it can't be denied anymore. Absolutely. I love that. When did you um, actually come over from, um, from Germany? I was very young. I was only six, seven years old. Okay. So you you didn't really you know know about the culture and things, but you you did mention that there was a whole you know you you spent a lot of time talking to people around the world. What from your perspective do you think is the difference um, between the way things are 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 done in other places? Um, some some of which may be better and some of which may be worse. Well, the way what is done specifically because that's a, that's a long list. Sorry. You think um, you need education or yeah, specific to education, um, and specific to education of, of of black students, um, and making sure that those black students get an understanding of who they are. Mm. I think the main difference between the American education system and that in other countries, and I mean African countries and actually even European countries, is the fact that. the truth isn't taught. Mm. I don't know how else to say it, but the truth isn't taught. So other countries are not scared to really put out their laundry list of things that they've done that are wrong. Even look at Germany, like what, how they talk about the Holocaust, how they accept the responsibility, what they do every day to ensure that that history is not forgotten, what they've done around the country to remember the lives. Whereas here in America, we have to protest to get statues taken down. <laughs> right, of these glorified soldiers, we'll say, and generals at a time in in American history that was devastating. It's such a stark difference. Uh, The rest of the world, once again, it teaches actual history as well. They really want to get into culture. They want you to understand a country's culture. They won't just give you a small percentage of it and then expect you to take that as the full you know, as the full pie, like just give you one slice. Whereas here they give you just one slice, especially a child of color. They give you one slice to say, here you go. This is where you come from. You come from slaves. You you know, you still have not been advanced, even through everything that you marched for and fought for in civil rights. This is what it is. You know, glorify Harriet Tubman and glorify MLK and just glorify that. That's it. That's, this is all you get. Now go from here. And glorify them without 
articulating that they broke the law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what that means? Yeah. When we actually like, even if those were the only people we yes. taught, which we are, well, which we do, right? Mm-hmm. Even if that was all we taught, imagine we said explicitly to kids that they broke the law. What does that say to them? Mm-hmm. Well, that says to them exactly what they said in the end of the great debate is an unjust law is no law at all, right? Yeah. And so it's thinking about when we have people or we had people for days after days after days after days, which turned into months, mm-hmm. protesting in the street and damaging property. Yeah. What, what does it mean when we care more about the property than what the people are fighting for? Because Martin Luther King Jr. broke the law on several occasions and was in prison several times. Mm-hmm. And also, he, he, he was not well-liked at that time. It's not like the, 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 the way that we look at him today, um, it, it's, it's, it's very easy to, to, you know, to get it twisted. The way that I was taught, you know, I, I don't know that I wrestled with it until later on in life that this is, yeah, he did these things. He was a great man and all of that stuff, but they didn't think so at the time. You know, this, this is so- They were bugging his phone. Right? Oh, yeah, they were following his wife. They were following his wife and his Absolutely. children. And by they, we mean the FBI, just yes. to be clear. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> and so it's, it's thinking about how we look at history, how we revise history um, in a way to make it seem as though change and making the world a better place is a linear, let's hug each other and love everyone. And like that. Right. It doesn't talk about the fact that we have to burn things to the ground in order to get some, to get to where we need to go. And so me and my, I mean, my dad talked about this the other day. Nobody said, and, and I'm not the first person to say this, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to act as them, but nobody said, let's reform slavery. Let's figure out how we can fix it to make it a little better. So why are we sitting here saying, let's just fix this system that like people die in every day, like mass incarceration. Right. Why would we say, let's fix this system where kids are getting pushed out of school buildings mm-hmm. every single day? where I have students who don't have actual access, both physically and mental access to learning and to education in a school building. Who, why am I saying I wanna reform that? I don't, I want it to be burned to the ground. That's dismantle what- Dismantle it. We have to dismantle it and build it back up. And build it back up because regardless of what we do in any system that currently exists in the United States of America and beyond, Regardless of what we do, without recreating, we forget the fact that if we make the system, if we recreate a system that supports Black students, which we know historically is the least common denominator, we make the system better for every single other child that exists in that system. If Black students have access to the information, if Black students can do this, can feel as though they are taking ownership over their education, Mm. you're not going to tell me that the white students in the class are not doing the same thing. Everyone will advance. Everyone does better. Do you understand? Everyone would advance. What an amazing society we'll be creating. It's like a utopia of well-rounded humans. That's what I'm saying. Why are we fighting about skills that are happy because they're living in their purpose that are contributing to society in the proper way? But well, there's no power in that, sis. There's no power. There's no control. 
How do you control? You need to have a majority, majority minority mindset. How do you control power and control? How do you control people who feel free? You can't. You can't. That's why they don't. Or here, giving them an education that shoves information down their throat but doesn't make them feel free. Listen, last week was my birthday. Thank you, sis. And right around my birthday is one of the most dreaded holidays. I've never loved it as Columbus Day. My kindergartner, my five-year-old son, who is doing virtual learning, so I'm his teacher at home, you know, has a packet every day of work. I open the packet. Lo and behold, a wonderful glorified photo of Christopher Columbus and the ships and glorifying him as a world explorer that helped so many people. I cringed when I saw it, but I refused to let my son, one, miss a point on his, on his schoolwork. But before I had him complete it and read the directions, I actually explained to him who this person was. And I told him the truth. I told him in a way that he could understand as a five-year-old could understand. But there was no way that I was going to let him believe the lie. So parents, individuals in our communities don't feel that you have to lie to your children or to the youth. You tell them the truth in a way that they understand, but you have to set their minds free. Because now what has happened is every time my child opens up his packet, he's looking at things and he's saying, mommy, I think they're trying to trick me with this question. Son, they are trying to trick you with that question. I'm happy to picked up on it. Okay. So now he's aware. And unfortunately, that's how he will need to be, at least in this country. So I have to build him up. Just like how I build up my young readers, I have to build up my own sons. I have to build them up to see the world for how it is, at least here in this society. Everything isn't just one way or another way. There's always a third way that they don't tell you about. There's always mm-hmm. something else happening mm-hmm. that you will never know. You think it's just left and right. It's not just left and right. You can go right up the middle. But mm-hmm. don't tell him that, right? It's up to me. It's up to all of us to really uh, dismantle everything and build them back up. So I, I, I brought that up as an example to just show you how early the conditioning starts. This is kindergarten. They are it's not already they're not it, it, it even starts in their programming in the cartoons that they're watching that's so entertainment versus educational that's another reason why i'm branching out and taking Zuri books and now i'm creating a cartoon series yeah because i yes yeah. yeah, we need that representation that there are a lot of people at a lot of networks trying to run because it's like the cool thing in no we should have been flooding and dominating this market in the first place because we need representation and we need quality representation, not just the standard of what you see, the same little girl, little girl, little girl. No, like give us quality education. Show us something. Teach us something. But guess what? They're not going to do it. And they're not going to do it the right to. way. They end up creating shows that are canceled. Like you saw what recently happened. You know, One show just copies another show. Show They take it down. We need to step up. We need to step up. And all of the animators, illustrators, cartoonists, everybody that's out there, guess what? Show your skill. We need to change that narrative. We need to show them what we contribute to this world. Show them your history and your worth. The one that's built on millennia of pyramids and chests of golds and diamonds, realizing that we are decorating ourselves, not because we value these resources. We never valued them. That's why invaders came in your country and took them. We never valued them. We valued ourselves, our beings. We understood that we were gods and goddesses. Mm. people come in and take away that knowledge for us and make us feel inferior how dare they 
But how dare us to not dismantle that and build our children up in it? Yep. We know. Once you know better, you do better. Yeah. I think it's starting to happen, man. I I, I really do. You know, you 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 know, it's it's unfortunate. I, I don't want I don't want to say it's unfortunate. It, it, it's, it seems that the way of the world is, you know, pendulum swinging and, and you know, sometimes, you know, you, you need a big orange man to come and stomp and, you know, act crazy for, for people to open their eyes. Orange um, stink bug. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes that, that's the type of thing that, that needs to happen. Um, you know, sometimes people have to die in a, in, a, in a way that, you know, none of us want to to. Nobody wanted George Floyd to to, to die. You know, it, it's, if he could be alive again, we would all um, say yes. You know, he, he should be alive again. But you know, his his little girl said it right. He was like, "Daddy changed the world," um, and 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 I believe that that is something we're in. We're in an, in an infancy, like you know. The problem is, is you know, so so much of society, we want to snap our fingers and we want to, you know, be there. You know, we, we still got a whole bunch of, uh, of of work to do, but I think that there 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 are minds um, that are opening up, um, hearts that are opening up, and people connecting in ways that they have not in the past. Um, and and this work actually it, it it exposes us to it. You know, we we we're, we're able to meet um, a great deal of people. You know, and great folks like you. I, I, so I. I spend a lot of time during the day reading, you know, a lot of the stuff that's wrong. And then I get on calls like this and I'm like, yes, I, you know, I'm, in, I'm encouraged again that the work is being done. Um, I don't know if you, you guys saw, but, uh, you know, Diddy in conjunction with some other folks um, are starting a political party, our black party. Um, so, they, you know, they, they, they um, have set out a number of issues that, that are going to be focused on. You know, he, I, I listened to him talking to Charlemagne today um, and he's kind of said that, you know, with this election, look, it's 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 we, we, we got to vote for Joe. Like, you know what I mean? But in the future, we he, he wants to build things up in a way where nobody you 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 want our vote you you're going to have to earn it and so um we look forward to you know kind of working with organizations like that to to speak to we literally have not heard anything about education at any of these debates at all nobody's talking about education at all how is this within the realm of possibility it's great and, and i have kids crying on zoom forgetting to turn themselves on mute and hearing them literally turn it going off camera and crying because of how overwhelmed they feel, how they feel that nobody cares, how they feel that this is just stuff that we want to make them learn to pass a test that we created. They're kind of right. <laughs> like sometimes they're right. And sometimes they're right. They're 100% right. They're 100% right. Yes. What, is right. what is that nonsense? It, it really is. And so as we start to dwindle down and as we start to kind of get to the end, which feels crazy, if Naya Zuri was here and she was in a fourth box next to all of us, what would Naya Zuri want to kind of leave folks with? That's a great question. Sometimes I just be like proud popping in it over here. Because like, okay. I am Naya and Naya is, is me. Yeah. So she's an extension of me. But if the Naya Zuri, Naya Zuri, she was here in a fourth box, what should you say? She'd probably speak for herself and everybody that's on this cover and and say, don't forget to do it for us. Mm. Don't forget about us. Mm. Don't forget about us. This is just the beginning. I'm not the first author of color to write a book that also has representation, but it's not spotlighted enough. 
it's not talked about enough. That's why I have to just keep going. I have this thing, I always say, no days off, I mean it. I don't take a day off. My passion is what I, I live, it gives me my fulfillment. So it doesn't feel like work, but each and every day I'm working towards that Nyasuri movement and that progression because I can't forget about them. I can't forget about that younger version of me. I can't forget about my kids or anyone else's kids. Your zip code should not define your possibilities in life. I refuse for children to feel like they don't have a voice, that they don't have any power, or that they don't have any worth, that they're mm -hmm. not even worth enough being represented on the cover of a book that's unacceptable to me. And what's also unacceptable is them not learning their own history and actually learning education that could have other children embrace one another, creating to a society of better human beings that are not ignorant or that are loving and that are going to build this country the way that it should. We mm. need to continue to support our own. We need to create our own. I'm excited to hear about the political party. I haven't read too much about it, so I don't want to make too many comments, but we should have our own everything. Everything. And that is a stark difference between the black people in America and the black people everywhere else. They have their own. We should have our own. So let's work towards that progression. Let's work towards the world recognizing us and not mm. looking down on us. Mm. That's what's happening now. Mm. And yeah. we, are we are successors. So everything that I do, once again, the root is the youth because from the youth, we create the rest of the world. We create the rest of the world, sis. You took the words out right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. So let's continue the work. Absolutely. I, just, I mentioned the, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our uh, the, I forgot the name of it, but <laughs> I mentioned the political party, our black um, party. Um, but Killer Mike also is is working on a, on a black bank, which you know the, I think these are foundational things. You know, like our, our economic power um, and our political power that that oh, tied together um, with our educational power. So like when you it, there's there's a there's a triangle there um, that if we develop, we can create the type of communities that that we desire. So I, I'm 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 looking forward to continuing to work with you. Um, at some point in time, Black on Black Education is going to have 24/7 content going, and I definitely know that. That uh, that Miss Naya Zuri, that cartoon is is going to be a major part um, of, of of our content, and we, we can't wait. Thank you. Speaking into existence, I appreciate both of you. Thank you for creating this this platform that you have. And the more that we come together, we, sh we show the world and we show the people that they're that they're not alone. Mm. Okay, we're having the important conversations, but we're coming out of this and also working to inspire other people to keep the conversations going. But then the second part to that, right? take some sort of action. Hmm. Everyone can do something. Everyone can do something because everybody has a voice. Right. If you have a voice, it, it just takes a few words sometimes right. to uplift or, or inspire someone out of their way, to share knowledge. It just takes a voice. Yeah. And it's not saying that she's not saying that to, to for you to go in one ear and out the other. It's write something down right now. Like what you know, what is it that you're gonna do, you know, when you when you finish listening to this podcast? You know, what are you gonna do this weekend? Like it's yes. let's let's do this. We can do yes, this. Yes, brother. Be purposeful. Don't sleep the rest of this quarantine away either, folks. Mm -hmm. Get up, apply that research that you've done on quarantine, or turn off that Netflix and turn on yourself. How are you investing in yourself right now? How are you sharpening your skill set? Are you even doing that inner work to figure out if you're happy in life? Are your children happy in life? Mm -hmm. What more could you be doing? Because what's happening now is unacceptable. This version, this year that we're living in, 
2020 is unacceptable. We've never seen times like this. What are you doing to ensure we don't come back to this? Because this, honestly, I feel like we've been set back 10, 20 years. And I don't know about you, but if this is what happened in 2020, 2021, we should be leading. We should be transforming. We should be fulfilling those dreams and those goals. As Jamal just mentioned, like, don't just write it down. Let's apply it now. Really get that vision going so you can use it. Yeah. So one of the things that we uh, that we like to do to kind of end off uh, each podcast is we uh, you know we, we speak say to our guests um, you know find out whether they have any questions for us. So um, anything you like to ask us? Oh, we were just talking about goal setting. What is the what is mm-hmm. are some of the twenty twenty one goals for Black mm-hmm. on Black Education? Mm. Well, the twenty twenty one goals are for it to be my full time job. Yes. I. Um, and putting it out to existence. I think that where I'm at and who I am and what I have to offer the world is bigger than where I'm at right now. And I need to be able to make that transition so that I can start supporting students in a, in a more holistic way without the DOE telling me how I'm supposed to support them. Yes. Um, and I think that that's my, my biggest goal for 2021. And um, and and you know that this isn't the smartest goal in that it's not as specific as uh, you know as it should be, um, but it is definitely you know finding some some uh, some monetization opportunities um, so that I mean it is my full time you know right right <laughs> right now um, so so that it can be our you know full time. I think that when people do good, um, people should do good. Like you know if if you're going out there and you're creating um, something that that helps to uplift. Um, our community, you should absolutely be, you know, compensated and compensated handsomely for that. Um, you know, we, we, we speak about teachers all the time and, um, you know, Chevy, this guy who we, we, uh, who, who we were on his show, he's down in Atlanta and, you know, he, he put it out there. He said that, you know, I think it was $39,000 or something, you know, being paid as a teacher. So, you know, anybody who's making $39,000, I'm not, I mean, it's, it's just not a lot of money. It's as simple as that. Like we, we, we people, people who are in the classroom and doing a good job, they should be able to earn far more, far more money than that. Um, and there also needs to be some major gap between the best teacher and the worst teacher. Like the best teacher and the worst teacher making the same amount of money. That doesn't make sense. That's the, that, that is, it's, it's something that is not um, a part of many institutions and it's something that has to be weeded out of the education system um, stack. Absolutely. And the worst teacher, if the worst teacher is causing harm to students, it needs to be easy peasy to get them out of there. Mm. And so I, I, I leave on that. Administrators, people who are out there, if the worst teacher in your school is ca- like, I don't care. The baseline is that every person in that building should not be causing harm to students, should be giving students something that makes their life better. Um, yeah. And so I, I'd love to leave with that. Um, but please, if there is anything else you want to leave us with before we get out of here, it's been 46 minutes and 41 seconds. 46 minutes, we can be locked for hours. And we can keep going. We can keep going. We can keep going. Wait, but, where, you, where are you located, Anna? I'm in Connecticut. Okay, what part? Next I'm door. in Hartford. Hartford. Okay, not too far. Not too far. We, we we're planning to have some type of you know educator dinner kind of get together something you know where I, where I can you know showcase my you know cooking skills and uh, well, and, and and just say how I how I appreciate anybody who is pouring into the heads and hearts of uh, of these little little boys and little girls. 
Well, if I get a shirt, invite me. <laughs> <laughs> and so make sure Eva has your has your uh, address, and we um and we definitely definitely actually no, you're gonna have to come to to the uh, event, and then you can get your shirt. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be there. I'll definitely be there. I'd love to continue just to support both of you and what you're doing. It's important work, and let's just also leave the people with that. Um, when you see someone doing something good, contribute to it, spotlight it. You know, help lift and hold somebody's arms up. You don't know how long that they've been working on making sure that this message gets out there or that yeah. a project gets completed. You don't know. So support them. Really support and pull up. And um, you'll see a drastic difference in uh, how you can further that impact. Absolutely. On, on that note, like, I mean, let's, how can we support <laughs> you? Like, it, it, it's what, what how, how can anyone listening, you know, go about the business to support you? Honestly, guys, to just continue to spread the word on Naya Zuri. Obviously, you can purchase the books on my website, www.ananayakana.com. We'll put that somewhere so you can access it. There's also uh, free downloadable resources on my website. So teachers, parents, you can go to my website and you can download everything from crossword puzzles and coloring pages for the younger kids to more story mapping and character design for the older children. Just put, I put them all out there in the world because it's something that should be accessible. It's not just for me. And just keep in touch with me. I have a lot of projects coming up in addition to the cartoon. And I'm always planting seeds because you already know, no days off. So I'm always planting <laughs> seeds and then the harvest comes. I'm like, boom, everybody, here's a bounty. <laughs> Enjoy it. Like, here you go. That's what I'm working on. <laughs> love it. Love it. I love it. So thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Thank you, Anna, so much for being with us this evening. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. And um, until next uh, we speak. Bye, everybody. <laughs>